Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us this week. John Morris and Brooke Bednarz and our special guest this week from Baylor Men's Basketball is Associate Head Coach Jerome Tang. And Coach, it's a pleasure to have you with us. We are doing this uh, virtually three different Zoom calls today for one Sikkim Podcast, (laughs) but uh, appreciate you making it work. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, we look forward to it. Look forward to uh, getting to know you a little bit better, letting our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Um, but uh, give us a sense first as we begin, what's going on with Baylor basketball right now? You've got uh, your players, your student athletes back. You guys are back in the office for the most part. Uh, tell us what's going on. Um, yeah, our guys are back. Um, and uh, we've started some workouts, um, very uh, monitored and, um, you know, just trying to get them acclimated back both in the weight room and on the court. And also, um, as a staff, we've got to learn how to um, coach a little less hands-on and how to talk through masks <laughs> and, you know, just, just, just all those things. And, you know, um, so it's been, it's been interesting and, and the challenge on the basketball side of things, but just being able to see their faces and, uh, you know, just their, their smiles and, you know, just, just interact. It's, it's been unbelievable. So I definitely, we definitely missed that part of it. I was about to say, I want to know, I, I saw it a little bit on social media, but hearing it from you and in your own words, just what was it like when you finally got to get back on the court and actually see them? Cause it had been a whirlwind of emotions whenever the season was cut short. And so to finally be back on the hardwood together, you know, getting to see them. What, what, what was that like for you? Well, I told everyone that I talked to um, that morning or, and even the day before, I felt like a freshman in high school getting ready to go to his first day of school. You know, how you like picked out your best clothes and, and, you know, and the excitement, you couldn't sleep the night before. I mean, it was just, I was just so excited, you know, and uh, woke up really early. Like, you know, it was, there was definitely just getting to see them and touch them and, you know, know that they were all here. And um, that cause the best thing about our guys are who they are as people. And uh, the fact that they happen to be really good basketball players is a blessing. Um, but it's, it's who they are as people. And you talk about uh, not being as hands-on as you normally would be. Gosh, you guys are hands-on all the time. That's got to be tough, right? Just kind of trying to keep your distance as much as you can. 
yeah, you know, um, no hugs. And <laughs> we're a real big hugging staff. And uh, then, you know, we we hug in, in prayer. And we, you know, I mean, it's just a, the, the whole concept of team building and touching and, and transfer of energy and, you know, even when somebody's down to pick them up to, to you know to touch them it just it, it it's really it's really big i know there's a science to it and a psychology to it it's it, but it's just a part of our culture and so now to learn and retrain yourself um to not do that because it's best for them it it, it takes some effort well i know um we're gonna dive into you know, what this season's going to look like, some of the team that will, that we haven't seen before um, and things of that nature a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to go back a little bit and hear about how you got to Baylor. Um, this is going to be your 18th season here at Baylor. Um, and back in 2017, you were promoted to associate head coach. But I want to go back all the way, and we have all the time, and I want to hear this story of how you came from Cleveland, Texas, a head high school coach for 10 years, to Baylor. I want to know all about that. Wow. Um, you know, it's crazy during this pandemic. I've probably told that story more during these last four months than I have, you know, years before. So, um, so you're warmed up is what you're saying. You're, pre- yeah, you're ready to tell uh, all I get, of our No, listeners. it just means that everybody's really bored. And they it's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. <laughs> No, it's one we want to hear. Well, uh, I was a high school coach at uh, Heritage Christian Academy, uh, which is a small Christian private school about 45 minutes north of Houston. I was also the youth pastor at the church. And so I had my dream job. I was a youth pastor. I was a basketball coach. I had a gym I could go into whenever I wanted to. And um, our second year there uh, at Heritage, I was there for 10 years. My second year there, uh, we made the state tournament. It was first time. Um, for the school and it was at that time the TAPS state tournaments were held at Baylor University that, that's the private school league in the state of Texas and so I just remember sitting on the bench with one of my assistants who is also um, one of my best friends and I said man you know while our guys are warming up I was sitting on the bench and I went man wouldn't it be cool to coach here and uh, and that was so eight years go by and uh, you know my I adopted two boys while I was single, uh, Richard and Lamar Heard, and uh, Lamar actually committed to play for Baylor, and then uh, because of a coaching change, decommitted and uh, went to Oregon State. Uh, I just had some interaction with the old staff at Baylor um, with that, and God worked in a way to to like just shed some light on some things for me personally. So Ron, Scott Drew gets the job at Baylor. And uh, the whole, all that I knew about Scott Drew was that he was really big into international recruiting, okay? And so at our private school, we had our I-20, which is the, the visa that you could bring kids over to go to school. And we'd had a kid from Canada, a kid from Yugoslavia. So we've had, we had some foreign kids that played for me. And so when coach got the job, uh, Mamadou Dien committed to Baylor. He was the first commit, the mayor. And it was in the newspaper. And I'm like, look, this joke, he still has another year of high school. And so coach is going to have to place him somewhere. 
I wanted him to know that there was an option just three hours away from Baylor University. He didn't have to put him somewhere in the Northeast where all the other private schools were at. Well, unbeknownst to me, someone that knew me uh, by the name of uh, Rick Darnell, he calls me and he says, hey, I want you to know that um, I called Scott Drew and I told him if he needed an assistant, a Christian assistant coach in, uh, from the state of Texas, that you were his guy. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, you know, guys don't hire people they don't know. And, you know, but coach was really nice to Rick. He told him, hey, I appreciate it, but I already know who I'm going to hire. And he went about his business. And then coach called uh, Mike Kunstadt and who does all the rankings in the state of Texas uh, for high school basketball. He's like the guru. And he's talking to Coach Kunstadt and telling him how he's going to build his program. And then Coach Kunstadt tells him, well, if you're going to bring international kids in and place them at a prep school, you and Jerome Tang are going to become good friends. And so this is the second time he'd heard my name. And uh, Coach asked him what he knew about me. Mr. Kunstadt was very kind, uh, said some nice things about me. And, and so then Coach calls Hal's pa Hal, calls Hal Pasner in Houston. And Hal Pasner runs the Houston Hoops, which is the best uh, AU program in Houston. And I, I'm a little biased because I coached for Mr. Pasner for eight years. So um, I worked with that program. And uh, Mr. Pasner, unbelievable man. His son, Josh, is the head coach at Georgia Tech and, you know, was at Arizona at the time. And um, so coach tells him, you know, about how the Christian mission of Baylor and how he wants to build the program. Well, Mr. Pasner says, well, man, you need to meet Jerome Tang. So now you heard my name three times and they've all been very positive. And so, you know, it stirs interest a little bit, but I called him when Mamadou committed, I called coach like, I don't know, probably about seven o'clock at night and left a message said, I want to talk to you. So I'm thinking he's going to call me maybe the next day or <laughs> down the road. Well, he called me that night at 10 o'clock at night. Wow. Okay? And I, I say, and he's like, Hey, um, you know, um, and, and I said, coach, look, all I want to let you know is that I have a bed, I have a scholarship, we have a weight room, we play a great program, I'm going to help develop the young man, and nobody will, no other school will be able to, to mess with him while he's here at, at our university. And he's like, oh, Mamadou told his parents he would graduate uh, from his school there in Senegal, and, you know, he has sisters that he helps take care of and all of that, so he's not going to come up for high school, but I'd like to, to meet with you. And well, that was a red flag for me when a new coach got a job in the state. They all said they wanted to talk to you, but they never really wanted to hire you. They just was doing it because, you know, they, you know, they want to make sure they'd be able to recruit your kids. And I told them, nah, coach, it's okay. We don't need to meet. We're going to meet one day and uh, we'll figure this out. I'm, if you're a good guy, you'll have no problem, you know, recruiting any of the kids that I coach. It won't be a problem. And so the worst thing you can do is tell Scott Drew no. And so for the next 45 minutes, he's like trying to convince me why I need to drive up to Waco to see him. And it's like getting to 11 o'clock at night. Now I, I want to get off the phone. So I'm like, all right, coach, I will get off the phone. Right. I, 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 I will come and see you. And so I don't even tell my wife. This is um, I think it's a Tuesday. OK, that I'm supposed to go up. And so we talk, I think, probably a Sunday night. And I go up, come up on a, so I told my wife, we had to switch cars. I drove a 92 Honda Accord. So it's, remember it's 2003 at the time. So I'm driving 92 Honda Accord, it has almost 300,000 miles on it. The, the clothes hanger, I had used a clothes hanger to hold the bumper 
<laughs> onto the car because one of my players, I taught the guys how to drive, and one of them backed into a light pole. And oh, the, no. the, so I was like, I can't drive up to Baylor. And so my, Ray and I switched cars, but I don't tell her why. And so I drive up, meet with Coach Driscoll, meet with Coach Morefield, meet with Coach. Coach has like 100 questions on this sheet of paper. And I think we probably got to like question number three. And we start talking about movies. And I am a movie guy. And Coach is a movie guy. And I mean, we, we just talked about movies for, it seemed like three hours. Okay, a little bit about basketball and stuff, but we, we talked about movies. And then when we got done, he said, look, you know, yeah, I, I, everyone said you were way up here. I thought you would be about here, but you're like way over here. And I said, <laughs> but I don't know you. And guys don't hire people they don't know. And I said, Coach, if I remember telling them, if God wants me at Baylor, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And there's God, if God doesn't want me at Baylor, there's nothing you can do to make it happen. And so we hugged, and I went on my way. Didn't think anything about it. Wednesday night is church, did youth group. Uh, Thursday, Coach is going to hire this other guy. And he calls his dad that morning. And uh, says to his dad, hey, I'm going to hire this other dude, but um, I really like this guy from Texas. And his dad says, well, why don't you hire the guy from Texas? And he said, well, I don't know him. And his dad told him, well, go eat dinner at his house. And if you eat dinner at a man's house, you'll find out everything you need to know about him. So Thursday evening, Coach Drew calls me. Now, this is the third time we've talked. He says, hey, can I come have dinner at your house? <laughs> and okay. I'm like I'm like yeah sure Saturday, how about Saturday yes coach come Saturday but it's got to be Saturday it's got to be late because we have a football game it was the Heritage Christians first football game ever we started a football program and I didn't need him walking around and people asking questions so um so I now I have to tell my wife and so I go to Ray and I tell her hey remember when I went I I went to Baylor and now the coach wants to come to the house. So we go and we gather all of our money that we had. We had $10 and 81 cents. And that's what we gathered. And we had a half a slab of ribs in the fridge and we went because that my father-in-law had cooked and that was a, a leftover. We went and bought another half a slab of ribs, uh, some potato salad, a loaf of bread. And that was our, that was going to be our meal for him coming over. And uh, so coach shows up. While he's there, my mother-in-law shows up. My mother-in-love, she's the best. Like, and she doesn't, I don't know, I don't know how my mom knew who he was. I don't know how she figured it out. Um, but she said, oh, you're the coach of Baylor. <laughs> and then she starts bragging about me. And she's just unbelievable. And then we sat down, we ate ribs, and coach used his fingers, even though I had a fork and a knife for him because I wasn't sure. And he's from <laughs> Indiana. I didn't know if they knew how to eat ribs. <laughs> He used his hands and, you know, we talked when he got done, he said, Hey, um, you know, the job is yours. And he said, I don't care that you don't have your degree. We'll help you finish it. And, uh, but the job is yours. And so, um, my journey to Baylor or even into college coaching is so different than I do of these podcasts where we help on zoom meetings, where we help guys, you know, how to get in the business, how to do it. But it's at the end of the day, you know, when, when you're the word of God says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And if your feet and your steps are ordered by God, um, he will get you to that Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans for you and to make you successful. Um, 
our journey to success would, would be a lot different than the way God would take us uh, because he wants us to be prepared when we get there. And so for each of us, our journey is different, but that, that happened to be mine to get here. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, and it was divine intervention, and it absolutely was. That got you to Baylor with Coach Drew. And now 18 years later, how about that? 18 wow. years. Uh, and think of all the things you guys have been through. You know, think about your first meeting with Coach Drew and where you guys are now, uh, you know, closest brothers. How's that relationship grown through those 18 years? And um, very much like our program has grown. You know, um, from working for him to, you know, becoming a friend and, um, and now we're family, you know, and um, just everything. I always say if you give enough time, things are going to work out, you know, I mean, whether it's in athletics or in business or, you know, because people who go into things that are they're passionate about, um, they're going to be successful given enough time and, and opportunity. And so with, with coach, I mean, he's such a people person and he cares so much. I, I, when I, when I tell you he cares, uh, he just has to, if you give him the information and he understand, it's like, it's almost like he can overcare, <laughs> you know, if there uh, that's, and that's a compliment, like there's no holding him back. So, I mean, he, he doesn't just, we just don't work for this guy. You know, when he says this is a family, this is a family. When we, we, um, coach brings in, coach brought in people to help us learn how to be better parents. He brought in marriage counselors to teach us how to be better husbands. I mean, we have as many conversations about our walk and our growth as men in, in our relationship with God and in our relationship with our families as we do about basketball you know we have as many conversations about how to help our guys grow as men and grow spiritually as we do about how to help them become better basketball players and so um it's it's hard not to love a guy like that you know when you see that they care about every aspect of your life Summertime means vacation time, and while this summer may be different, at Allen Samuels, you can always count on our huge summer clearance event. It's on. We're moving out all remaining new 2020s, every Dodge and Chrysler car and SUV, every Ram truck, and we haven't left out Jeep. They've got to go, too. Deep discounts, special factory offers, and financing. It's time to say goodbye. Adios, 2020s. Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Drive forward. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. We are here with Associate Men's Basketball Coach, Coach Tang. We were just talking about, you know, your whole story, how you got to Baylor. Um, But it's very evident in just 
any kind of, anytime anyone has a conversation with you, or if they look back on your coaching history, uh, it's always centered around your Christian faith. Um, why do you feel it's important that that be a part, not only of what you're doing in your life and where you are working, but also that you, the faith is integrated into the sport of basketball? Man, um, that's like asking me why it's important to breathe, you know, or to have oxygen. It's, um, since I, I, my aunt, who was the first member of our family uh, to get saved, because my mom grew up in a Muslim family. And uh, my, my dad, uh, he, he grew up in a Catholic orphanage. And when he got out of the orphanage, he wanted nothing to do with church because of the experience that he had or with God with the, because of the experience he had in a Catholic orphanage. Um, so my aunt, when I was three, I lived with her for a year while my parents came to the States to become naturalized citizens. And uh, she told me when I was three years old, I told her that I wanted to be a father. And she said, do you mean like a dad? And I told her, no, like Father Jerome, who was the priest um, that, that we knew. And she said from a very young age, she knew that, um, that God had a, a special calling on my life. And um, the, the person that I spent the most time with growing up was my youth pastor, Mike Allard, who's the pastor of uh, Crossroad Church in, in Houston. And uh, man, he was the, like, the greatest dude in the world. Just unbelievable. He, he like, we didn't just have like ice cream Sundays. We had the world's largest ice cream Sunday. You know, we didn't just have an Easter egg hunt. We had the world's largest Easter egg hunt. I mean, it was like, just, there was nothing that was, there was no limits on what we could do. And he just showed me that God, with God, you can accomplish stuff other people said can't be accomplished. And uh, so, and that the God that we read about in the Old Testament still exists today. And he wants to perform miracles and he wants to, you know, help you, you know, make it to the next stop and he'll provide manner when you need it. And, you know, I mean, just, uh, so I wanted other people, young people to experience God and the realness of God in their lives, the way that he has been real to me. Because, so the stories I tell when I remember being, what was I, about 20, Five and uh, I'd gotten an infection in my eye. I didn't know what it was. I went to a doctor and they said it was a viral infection in my eye and it was eaten away at my retina, I believe it was. And the doctor was like, I, 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 there's nothing you can do for a viral infection once it's in your eye. And, but so you're gonna probably go blind in that eye. And I remember going home and telling my mom as I was driving, tell my mom, and she she was immediately was going to get me another doctor's appointment to get a second opinion. But that Wednesday, when I was driving to church, I remember telling God, God, if I'm going to lose my eye, I know you're going to do it to bring honor and glory to you. You're going to use it in a way that's going to bring honor and glory to you. But if that's not what you have for me, I know you can heal my eye. And so the next week, when I went to the second doctor's appointment, the doctor had the 
the, the, the information from the last doctor and was looking at it and had the information that he had just gotten from looking at my eye. And he says, man, I don't understand this. And I really don't know what this other guy, but this is what your eye looks like. And it, he said, it's, you have a bacterial infection and gave me some drops. And two days later, I was fine. You know, and so people will say, you know, the doctor misdiagnosed that, but I, I don't I believe God healed me because that's not what he had for my life. You know, and so we have young men and uh, while as a youth pastor, um, I would have these great speakers come into church and I'd have 35 kids, you know, Saturday night, I would open the gym and there'd be 70 guys in there. If I had pizza, there'd be another 50 girls. And I was like, I figured out real quick, if the more kids want to go to the gym than they do want to go to church. So why not take the spirit of God and the word of God to the gym? And I could have open gym. I would shut it down after about three or four games. I would deliver a five minute message. And, you know, but more importantly, deliver the message with my life. You know, how I carried myself, how I played. I could be really competitive. I could talk noise on the basketball court. You know, I, I, could, I could be upset when I lost, but handle it the right way. I could do all those things and still love Jesus, you know, and, and, and carry myself a certain way. And when I stepped off the court, you know, have a different demeanor, you know, and, and that God allows that of us. And so uh, I, I feel like, you know, it does just everything we do in our life, uh, God put us here for a purpose, and if we're not accomplishing that purpose, then we're cheating uh, God of the gifts that he's given us. So um, why is faith so important to me? It's because I, I, it's the reason why I'm alive right now. I, I mean, I remember driving, I, not just at Baylor, but I remember in high school, as a high school coach, I, or driving to church and getting to church and going, man, how'd I get here? Because I had worked like long shifts, and then it was you know, and I, I felt like I've, I knew I fell asleep, but God protected me. So I, God's hand has been on my life. So I don't know how I can't do, include him in everything that I do. And I don't know if I answered your question, but it's. No, you did. Thank you for sharing all of that. You answered it very well. And uh, it's something we know about you and Coach Drew and the entire staff, Coach Jacobs and Coach Brooks and everybody that has come, you know, before and Ty Beard and AD and everybody, Coach Nunes. Uh, it, it, it just permeates your program. It really does. And I know you guys have had great success on the court, but I, I, I hope people know the success you have had off the court and the investment you've made in your players' lives and, you know, bringing them to Christ, having them baptized while they're here, watching them grow as fathers, you know, and as men, uh, I, I'm guessing you get as much pleasure out of that as you do their success on the court. Oh, most, most definitely. And um, like I said, it starts at the, the top with coach um, just having us, we take all of our guys out to eat during the year and, and individually one-on-one. So everybody on staff, it gives us a time limit. I want everyone to take everyone and just get to know them. And one of the, the joys I like, to eat breakfast. And so um, get up, uh, I like to go to George's. Um, I happen to think that George's has the best pancakes. Um, some of the guys told me they thought Cracker Barrel's pancakes ah. were better because <laughs> of the, you know, they, the butter, I guess, when they cook it, it like forms a sear on top. So the, the syrup doesn't go into the pancake as quickly. Interesting. Right? And yeah, there, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there, there is, there's a very, there's a, 
there, there's a science and, and, a, and a study to the, the pancakes in the Waco area. And so, you know, and, and some people like Cafe Cappuccino, you know, I mean, they like the big pancakes there. And so wherever they like the best pancakes, that's where we go to breakfast and we have conversations. And for me, I like to talk about because my family is so important to me and I want them to be thinking family at all times. We, we talk about family traditions, any that they had and any that they want to have. Uh, whether for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. And, you know, I share some of the things that we do. And so uh, a few Christmases ago, Torian Prince sent me a picture of his family all in matching pajamas. <laughs> and uh, because that's what my family does. And I remember telling them about that. And so it was just really cool to see that and, and see some of the other things that the, the young men have done. Our guys who are fathers now and, and watch them with their sons and, um, so, yeah, but, but it starts at the top coach. I mean, all the way down, every one of the guys up and down this hallway are great husbands and fathers, man. And, um, they, they helped me to be a better man, uh, to be a better dad, to be a, a better husband all the time. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. To say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood realty.com well the baylor men's basketball program is definitely a family but you've mentioned it several times just how integrated your families are as well with the program um your son has uh decided to come to baylor uh you have to be pretty excited about that to to have him stay around for a little while longer i am very excited about seven being around for for four more years and uh, just to be able to, to see him. I, I was not, um, I did not, I, I, inside of me, I wanted to be the recruiter and get him to Baylor. And, but um, that's not what God wanted. And so, you know, it was really hard. And uh, I had resigned myself that he was going to go to Morehouse. Um, him and Ray Day taking two trips there. God had given me a real peace about it. One of our former players, John Onwachekwa, is a pastor 
in Atlanta and his church is a mile from Morehouse. You know, uh, some other family member, Ray has family in Atlanta. I have family in Atlanta. So I had a really a piece about seven going to Morehouse and he got accepted early and all those things. And, and then the pandemic came and other people started talking to him about things. And he came and told us that like he got accepted to Baylor and he came and told us that he wanted to go to Baylor. And I, uh, man, I, I was fired. I tried not to be too excited, but I mean, I was so, and he's going to be on the co-ed chair squad and um, anybody who's seen seven over the last, you know, 17 years, 18 years, um, you know, they know he was, when he was two and three, he'd always be down there with the cheerleaders, <laughs> you know, and uh, that was just his thing. And he would make signs at games and try and get the fans to cheer. And, and so it's just a gifting that God's given him. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's been fun, fun to watch your family grow during your time here. And Island, what, what uh, grade is she going to be in this year? Island's going to be a junior. Oh, wow. And uh, she driving? Yeah. She driving now? She, yes, she drive by herself. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> so so Ray, Ray sends me a video a couple of days ago. She walked out into the garage, and there was no car in the garage, and there was no car in the driveway. And she was like, just tell me what I'm thinking right now. Because she had never been in a situation where all the cars at the house were gone and she was there by herself. <laughs> right. And she was having one of those mommy moments. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you, like all of us, you've had a lot, little more time at home uh, as we all worked from home. And your uh, quarantine cooking has been uh, a, a hit to everybody <laughs> that has seen that there. Uh, I guess you've done this for a while, but it's just kind of been made more public lately. Is that right? Have you always been that uh, good a chef? No, I know I, I haven't. Well, there were a few things I felt like I could cook pretty good, but I just didn't have the time. And cooking takes time, you know, and uh, so you have to like plan and especially if you want to you want stuff to taste good, you know, so you need to like have marinades and seasoning and, and, you know, let it set and, and things. So having the time now and the fact that, let me tell you, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I figured I waste so much money eating out. Okay. And, uh, it is just like, it was crazy after the first month when I saw like the credit card bill and stuff, I was like, man, we got to keep doing this thing, <laughs> whatever it is. But like our grocery bill went up and our credit card bill went down. And it's just so many, like when you're out, you're just, you know, buying when you're home, you're cooking. And I enjoy it. Ray, she, she's like, how can you stay in the kitchen all day? And I, I'm like, it's like being in the gym for me. You know, it's, it's, it's a passion. It's a joy. So, yeah, no, uh, um, I've saved a ton of money and I've learned how to cook a, a bunch of new things and like, tweak some things and so I, I'm I, I'm excited about it I don't know if once we get going again if I'm gonna be able to keep doing this but I can make a pie crust pretty quick now and so um it doesn't take like I could what took me about four to five hours to do when this whole thing started I could probably knock out in about an hour now so you know when you read those recipes and they say prep time you know 10 minutes and you know, cook time, 40 minutes, you'll be done in 50. That's never true. That's <laughs> okay. And so, you know, that, that you can like triple that time. Well, now I can probably add 30 minutes to that time and, and get it done in that amount. 
Well, if it tasted as good as it looked on mm. all your social media posts, I mean, every time I saw it on social media, you were making me hungry. So <laughs> <laughs> it sure looked good. It's got to be a good recruiting uh, advantage for you also. And you guys uh, have had, we can't talk about individuals, but you guys have had a great summer recruiting wise. How were you able to do that in the middle of a global pandemic to make so many inroads recruiting? All right. So you're really going to have to have spiritual eyes to understand this. Okay. Um, We have probably been one of the most secretive programs in the country. Right. And uh, like coach, when we like had kids in the practice gym and you're going to take any pictures or anything, he wanted to make sure that they didn't get what the graphics were on the wall. And, you know, and I, I totally understand it. Totally understand. During this pandemic though, um, Alvin started this thing called be ready. And uh, it's a, uh, we, we met twice a week and to help young coaches and minority coaches, how to prepare. And then it turned into well, not just minority coach, but all coaches. And then, I mean, we've, we have women coaches on there and, and it is a family there. And, and I'm telling you, during this time, we've probably shared more about Baylor basketball than we had ever before in the, the seven, 16 years before that. And I firmly believe the scripture says that if you sow, you're going to reap. And I, I, I believe it, it. It is such a biblical principle. And you don't even have to be saved for that principle to operate in your life. You know, and uh, so... So I feel like we've sowed into other people's programs, into other people's lives, not just uh, what we do basketball-wise, but what we do with uh, mentoring our young men, uh, you know, how we go about doing it, uh, you know, just, just all the things, what we do with our staff. And I feel because we've done that sowing, God is allowing us to reap. And I'm just because you couldn't, we couldn't have planned this. We've tried to plan package deals. We've tried to like, you know, we've tried to do that before and it never worked out. Okay. And this happened and one young man commits and we didn't even know his relationship with the other young men. And it just, so that was all God. And I put it to the fact that coach Drew during this time and said, man, Hey, let's, let's help other people. Let's figure out how to do that. You know, and uh, and Alvin starting to be ready and, and, you know, John and just everybody in our program being willing to share and help other people. And obviously more people are willing to listen because we're coming off being ranked number one in the country and, uh, you know, going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, you had more listening ears and, and I believe God gave us that platform and he wanted us to use that platform to share and to help and to give. And he said, if you'll humble yourself and honor me in this situation, I'm going to honor you. And I think he did that on on the recruiting side of things. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. 
you ask me why And what I'll say to you is true Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around Salsa draps on there, the best in town Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue you're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Well, looking forward, um, obviously, positive news with recruiting throughout this pandemic. Um, the NBA had to shift things. Uh, you, I, we've seen the coach, the men's basketball coaching staff. You, I think you all were virtual fans for a game. So that was yeah. something new. Uh, but not only do they have virtual fans and things of that nature, but um, the draft was pushed back. That whole process did change. And it worked out to where Jared Butler and Macy Oteague are both returning to Baylor for their uh, junior and senior seasons, respectfully. Um, you have to be a little bit excited to have those guys still in the green and gold for another year or two. Oh man, super excited. Uh, they're just, they're both terrific young men and they can hoop and, uh, and they, they play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're not entitled guys and they always feel like they have something to prove. And so it's fun to coach them. It's fun to watch them play. It's fun to watch them interact with their teammates and, um, they, they each have different um, skills in communication. And Maceo is such, he, Maceo understands that everybody's built differently and he has a way of communicating with every guy in a different way. And he has a maturity about him to be able to do that. And uh, Jared just has a, always has a smile on his face. And, you know, like you walk in a gym and he, he just gives you energy because of his smile and, and his competitiveness and, He's just got an elite level confidence in himself. And it's, it's what makes him great. It's also like, well, usually your strength is your biggest weakness. And, uh, but, but he's such so mature that you can have really tough conversations with him and he can do it with a smile on his face and then respond the right way uh, on the next, next thing. Terrific to have those guys back from a team that was, uh, as you mentioned, number one in the nation uh, for five weeks, longest stint any team has spent at number one since uh, Kentucky in 2015. So, but a great season that was cut short, unfortunately. Uh, is there a sense of uh, unfinished business for you guys since you didn't, didn't play the Big 12 tournament, didn't get into the NCAA tournament last year? I guess initially, maybe that's, kind of was the focus, but actually the last few weeks is just a, a sense of, can, can we please have a season so we can yeah. finish this? You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And so I hadn't really had time. We hadn't talked about that part of it. It's just about let's, let's all do what we need to do so that we can play again next year, you know? And um, I, I'm a huge football fan, so I've been sneaking over to football and uh, watching them practice and Coach McGuire messes with me. He says, Tang, you spend more time in football practice than you do at the <laughs> You know, and I, I, I'm hoping I couldn't talk Coach Rule into it, but I'm hoping maybe I could talk Coach Arandon to let me call like a play one game. Oh, nice. <laughs> so so, so I'm, I'm working on that. But uh, you, when, I went, when, when the news about possibly the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, not playing football, when that came across, uh, I went to a practice probably the next day and I could sense there was a different energy level 
in in there because you know when when young people man that's just they want to play you know they do they 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 want to play and they're going through all these safety precautions that are there and and the doctors and the testing and the you know quarantining and just all the things that we're asked them to do and they're doing it and i mean so so they want to be able to play and they I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. We're, we just want to make sure that our guys are going to get a chance to play. And then once that happens, then I think we can like really lock in on fellas. We got some unfinished things to, to take care of, but uh, between now and then, I just hope that the, the message is out there that if guys don't want to play, we're not going to make them. You know, I want everyone to be safe and feel safe. And, but, of the 13 guys on our team, I am not don't want to speak for all of them, but I, I, I believe all 13 of them want to play basketball because they're bugging us to get in the gym. They're bugging us to do more. And I just like our football guys. You know, I know that if somebody does wants to opt out, you know, we're going to support them. But if they don't feel safe, but I, I, when I walk in that facility <laughs> and I see those guys flying around doing what they're doing, that they, they want to play. And, uh, you know, I, I just just hope that uh, we all get a chance to watch them as well as watch us play. Speaking of your program and wanting to play, there's three guys that I'm sure were chomping at the bit to be able to do just that last year, but were redshirting because of transfers. Can you tell us a little bit about those guys? We haven't been able to meet them yet, um, but just the impact that Adam, Jonathan, and Jordan will bring to this program when they get a chance to step on the court in a green gold Jersey. Well, Adam Flagler is, is a highly skilled guard and with some size and he's, you know, I said in gym yesterday, we got the best guards in America and when they were working out and just that, you know, you, you can't like, you can't back off of him because he can make a shot. You can't crowd him because he can go by you. He can finish through contact. He's got some pop to him. And um, and he's got – and his feet he, it allows him to guard. Now, I, I don't know if he's Davion Mitchell guard yet, but he's got those kind of feet. And so it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch, watch him play. And Jonathan is an, a freak of an athlete, and his motor doesn't stop. And it just, like – and he just needs the opportunity to play and gain playing experience. But he can catch lobs where other people can't catch him. And um, he runs faster than people his size are supposed to be able to run. And uh, so it's uh, – he, he's, he's, he's just – and he's such a worker. Like Jonathan's one of those guys you have to stop him from coming to the gym. You know, the, the guys teased him because um, – in, in a very nice way because they said he had a – on his patio – porch of his apartment he had a weight room set up <laughs> you know when when during this pandemic so when other people you couldn't go to the weight room he had one on his porch and then uh, Jared Butler I remember him saying you know I looked out my window and there was Jonathan doing defensive slides out in the parking lot and I felt bad like man I need to be working you know this guy he's just he's just constantly working and he's, he's such a terrific young man too you know so and uh, Jordan Turner is uh, jack of all trades and he looked like he grew he might be like six eight now it just it's just maybe six nine it, it, but he's he can shoot with range and he can guard four or five positions and he can handle and pass and um 
you know, once uh, I hate that he missed the summer because of the, you know, not, not being able to be with Charlie because his body would be, be further along, but he's going to be a terrific basketball player moving on. Ron Tang is our guest, Baylor associate head coach for uh, Baylor men's basketball on our Sikkim podcast presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, alansamuelsdcj.com. And let me correct a mistake I made earlier. I was uh, naming the, the guys down your hallway, you know, the other members of the staff. I neglected to mention Coach Bill Peterson. He's a big part of your staff, uh, big contributor to your success. So didn't want us to move out of here without mentioning Coach P., uh, but coach, the final question for you, uh, and we'll get you out of here, is we would we ask all of our guests this on the Sikkim podcast as the final question. What are you most looking forward to when Baylor Athletics is back? I'm looking forward to, to seeing our guys compete, but I'm really looking forward to, to seeing our fans. And uh, we, we've had some really loyal fans uh, through the years. And uh I, what I what I believe that during this time is that uh, there'll be a greater appreciation for Baylor athletics. Sometimes we take it for granted. I was watching the games back from last year, and uh, I just the announcers how they kept saying there there are only five universities in the country that had a football team in the top twenty five and a basketball team uh, in the top twenty five men's and a men women's basketball team. And then they said, well, what about the volleyball team? Yeah. Throw the volleyball team. You know, there's a, we're the only school that was like that. You know, and, and so um, this is a really unique place. Our athletic department is elite, and sometimes we take it for granted. And so I think this being away and not having it uh, will stir our fans to, to want more and, uh, and want to be there and, and really show support. And I'm looking to, uh, for, uh, for when, the, when a vaccine is found and the Baylor family gets to come and support Baylor Athletics, I'm looking forward to sellout crowds and an excitement about um, the light that we shine as Baylor University and on, on the field and on the court, uh, just uh, being even brighter than before. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us and to, to share that. I know John and I, as well as the entire Baylor family, are right there with you when, I, when we say that uh, we're looking forward to all of that and more. Coach, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to that incoming freshman coming out of your house, coming to, uh, to Baylor this year. That's going to be fun. Thanks for your time today. Yes, sir. Sick and bears. All right. Coach Jerome Tang, associate head coach for Baylor men's basketball, our guest on this week's Sikkim podcast, again, presented by Alan Samuels. Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. For Brooke Bednars and Coach Tang, I'm John Morris. Thanks for being with us. Join us next week for another edition of the Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.